Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. Had a game last night, but boy, it was we cut it short because we had two people missing and the rest of us were just tired, tired from the day, tired from the Monday. And so we did a few encounters, and I just suggested that we just call it a night early, about an hour early. So that's what we did. We had no problem doing that. And, uh, you know, this is a, a weekly game, so, you know. And, I, you know, I had other things on my mind. Other people did, too. I was thinking about the move and everything. And let me tell you, if you can't, don't have to move, don't do it. But that's beside the point. But one thing I noticed last night, you ever get a player, and Gage was this way last time, you ever get a player who something, you present them with a situation, trap, trick, locked door, you know, something like that, and they are like a dog with a bone. They will not leave it alone, even if there's an easier way to do it. I don't know how many times I've had somebody say, a a GM or other things like that say, you know, you could have just done this, you know, gone around or something like that. But no, they are bound to determine to usually getting through a door. And Gage was that way last night. We had a magically locked door in front of us, big old door. And it's like, okay, who has the highest strength? Okay, you push the door and went everything he could to get it open. I said, why don't we just go down the stairs or something? No, 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 no. There's something in there. We got to get in. And I remembered something and said, fine. All right. He can't put the, get the door open, but I can. And my illusionist took out his staff of the mag- magus, staff of the magi, and went, knock. And the door flung itself open. We walked in, of course, then after we walked in for a little while, it flung itself closed again because it, ma- it was a magical lock, wizard locked. And he said, how'd you do that? And I says, well, that's a little handy uh, spell called knock that most all wizards have at one point or another. It's just for this occasion. Thank you for using a charge off my staff of the Magi. There you are. So he was in there. We got attacked, believe it or not by a, an invisible stalker. You don't see those every day. And I ended up using more charges off my staff, which I didn't want to do because I just lightning bolted the thing. And Jimbo, whose character was fighting with it, it just yanked him up in the air and started fighting with it. He dropped and he also took half the damage because lightning bolt because he was engaged with it because he said smoky thing you you know i found an altar there inside there and i pressed a rune and nothing happened there was also already a rune glowing there so i assume that's what that's what caused the invisible stock he could have been planted there already who knows to protect protect the the area or whatever you know gage was climbing up tapestries trying to get at it and stuff like that and gage kept going do you have to spell magic i said yes i do he says put it on the altar i says that that's not the way it works 
I mean, yeah, it could probably shut it down, but I don't think it's going to do anything, and I'm going to waste another charge. Let me try on lightning bolt it, because I know you can't hit it with that those kind of things, but lightning is something else. Lightning is lightning. Lightning is not a physical weapon. So I lightning bolted and bolted it, and it just dissipated. Finally. So, you know, it's basically, thank you very much. We wouldn't have been in this trouble if we'd just gone around. But, but you're going to get players like that. These are the kind of players that benefit from something like a timer. Even if it's not a physical timer, an egg timer would be nice. The one that you turned or, or just an hour. A, a, those little hourglasses you used to get in certain board games or card games. Those work well. But even then, you can put a timer in your head and let them know. Now, now... The index card role-playing game has a really nice way of doing dimer. You grab a D4 or a D6, depending on how generous you're feeling, and just roll it and just put it in front of you and go, okay, that's how many turns. That's how many turns is going to go before something happens. So if he's in the front of the door and he's trying like crazy, looking for secret entrances, looking for levels and stuff like that, you roll a D6 and you roll a 5. I put it in front of me. He's like, okay, in five turns... Something's going to happen. And it doesn't matter whether you know what's going to happen or not. You could extrapolate. That's why you're a GM. You figure it out. But just telling them at five, five turns something's going to happen, that will make up their mind real quick. Either hurry up what they're doing or just leave. And I really applaud that mechanic. I will be using that mechanic in the future for my future games if i have people who just can't make up their mind or they can't not or rather it, people who are just too persistent and you know i understand why players are like that i mean they want to find everything in the room and also if there's a trap or something they want to know about it so they don't trigger it and sometimes they can be overcautious it goes for like you know, what he's doing, trying to get in a room or whatever. And what, it just things you won't let go. I look for secret doors in a 50-foot-long hallway. And he goes, every single... Okay, it's going to take you like an hour to do this. Do you want to waste that time? I keep going. It's 10 feet. Okay, next 10 feet. I roll it, nothing. Next 10 feet. And that's the point where I pull out a D6. I'd pull out a D4 and roll it and go, okay. In three turns, something's going to happen. You don't know what, but something's going to happen. I'm telling you, it sounds a little metagamey, but sometimes, sometimes you just have to step out of the game and just let them know, hey, you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, you just, just for the sake of keeping the adventure going. I'm not trying to railroad or anything like that, but if you do stick around here, you may have a fight on your hands. You may have something happen. Something may collapse. You don't know. You're in this rickety old abandoned dwarven mine, and you got that many turns before something happens. Maybe the ceiling will collapse, and you don't know. You might be cut off or something like that, or some monster may show up or something else. So there it is. Deal with it. I am more than happy, and if they keep going, I'll just start flipping the die. Okay, now it's two. Now it's one turn. And once I take the die away, uh, let's see what happens. And that's the point where I just like look at my wandering monster table or random encounter table or just 
look at them straight in the face and pull something out of my butt. I am not above that. I can I can make stuff up. I've gotten so I can make stuff up faster than in anything. Yeah, some things are a little trickier than others. I mean, it's not something I want to do all the time, but push comes to shove. I could probably make something up right there on the spot. And that's really pushing my abilities right there. Because the more time I have, the more time I have to think, it's better. Actually, the way you, you do that is you go, we do this, what happens? And you just start, I just start rolling a couple of dice. I don't care what the dice say. I said, well, wait a minute. I'll just look like I'm looking at something and start rolling dice. I'm not doing anything. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about what's going to happen, what's in this area, and what would be... It's not only what's in this area, because you're supposed to know, but I don't want some... You know, whenever I do an encounter, I always try to make it the best encounter I can find, the, the most interesting, the most fun. I don't want any dull encounters. So if I roll on a random encounter table and I see this and maybe two, two numbers down, there's something more interesting. I'll go with the more interesting thing because this would be fun. I want, I want maximum fun. The fun factor has to be pushed up to maximum in my games. So that's how I deal with people who just waste your time, waste the party's time, waste their party can't drag them away. Then you've got to resort to some measures and just, just the way it goes. Anyway, that's my thoughts. I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com, or you can get a voicemail out to me on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can, you can support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you to my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Mark C. Wallring, welcome back, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, and Dar Daniel Reynolds. They're great. Thank you, guys. And don't forget Mark C. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear, on here on Anchor. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm -hmm.